Welcome to the Life with Five podcast, where we get real about marriage and parenting. Our heart is to help you discover hope and healing by infusing faith into your family. Here are your hosts, Ray and Carol Hintz. Welcome to the Life of Five podcast. We're so glad that you're with us. In today's episode, we're going to talk about communication pitfalls. Oh, this one's going to get dicey and interesting. I can tell real quick, real fast. In fact, we're going to talk about five different pitfalls that we kind of all probably fall into at one time or another and how we can avoid them because maybe you're out there and you're watching or listening and you're thinking, man, I know our marriage should be so much more than it is. I know that God has more than this. Maybe you feel like you're just not seen. You're not being heard. Well, we're going to talk about how you can improve that communication by sharing some of the stories and struggles that we've had in our marriage, as well as some of the stories of other people that we've walked through those difficult times with as well. Right. Because the truth is that Throughout our lives, we all pick up bad habits when it comes to communication, but we bring those habits with us into our marriages, and poor communication can really destroy our marriage and family, and unfortunately, we've seen it happen in far too many people. The problems in your marriage might even be known to to you, but because communication is lacking, you're not on the same page, you can't resolve the issues in your relationship, or maybe you're even telling your spouse what the problems are, but they just don't seem to be listening. Never. And, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> and often for us, I know if I'm trying to have a conversation with Ray, if I don't like get his attention first, it's like he's not even in the same room. He's kind of in his zone and on a whole other oh, planet. Were you saying something? Yeah. I think maybe if I lead with something about sex, maybe that would grab Ooh, his attention. I, I like this episode. I don't know where it's going, <laughs> but I like where it's starting. I think we need to just explore that a little bit more. It sounds like a future <laughs> episode, episode, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's true. We, we just carry those habits into our marriage. You know, I grew up in a little bit of dysfunction where communication was not always real great. And so... We struggled and I struggled. I picked up on bad habits. I didn't even know were bad habits because they were kind of all I saw. And we do this in life. I remember when I was a teenager and I got my first car. My dad gave me a 1976 Mercury Monarch. I know, you're listening. You're very jealous right now. Um, It was so big. I mean, I remember we we were dating (laughs) at the time. I try and open the door for Carol because if we parked on a big hill, she literally could not open the door. It was so big. It was so heavy. That door was a beast. Yeah, that that car was a beast. Um, (laughs) But uh, so I had this car. It didn't cost a lot of money. So my dad decided, let's just put used tires on the car. Yeah, it seems like a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, excellent. Like what could go wrong? Well, I had a blowout one day and then it actually happened again this time on the freeway i had to walk to an exit find a payphone does anybody remember <laughs> these existed back then right and so i found a payphone and you know had to make a call and get AAA out there and go through all that good stuff it was, it was a big pain well fast forward a couple years and i graduate my dad again gives me a really nice car you think he's like just giving me cars he, he doesn't just do that but he was really generous yeah, in some of the was. gifts he gave and so mm-hmm. gave me a 1967 chevy camaro come oh, on now that's beautiful a little bit better better than the 76 Mercury Monarch. Well, the problem was I carried the bad habit of putting used tires from the Monarch on that car into having the Camaro. And now I'm in the middle of nowhere. I have another blowout. And it's like literally in the woods where you think you go to die in a horror movie. That's like, that's (laughs) where I was. I mean, it was the middle of the night. It was just awful. Uh And so I think though, sometimes we do that in our relationships and our communication habits. We carry old bad habits into our newfound great marriage and it makes our marriage less than optimal. 
Yeah. And if that's where you're at, we want you to know that there is definitely hope, but you'll have to be willing to recognize some opportunities for growth. So we're going to talk about a few communication pitfalls. And this first one is a big one. It's not creating safe places Mm -hmm. for communication. And what happens is it leads to a lack of like lack of listening and impatience and when you're just listening to respond and come up with your next comment, get your make your case and all that kind of stuff, you don't really listen with the intention of hearing your spouse and understanding where they're coming from. Yeah. And I would say you also need to be aware of the dynamics in your relationship. A lot of mm-hmm. times you marry somebody who's not exactly like you. In fact, I'd say most of the couples we sit down with that are getting married, they're not exactly similar. They might have some similar interests, but they might be very different in how they see the world. And so I am much more about the destination. (laughs) So if you are in a place, you know, not where you want to be and you want to go somewhere, I'm your guy. Like, that's fantastic. (laughs) But Carol is about the journey and appreciating the journey. Well, Neither is right or wrong. They're not good or bad per se, but you need a little bit of both in your life. And you also need to recognize the dangers that you can fall into if you are prone to one side or the other. Yeah. And the Bible says in James 1.19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. When we are not quick to listen, when we're quick to speak, we can let some bad habits creep in, like yelling, maybe suppressing your emotions. I tend to do that. Um, (laughs) And you get impatient with each other, right? I think we get impatient for different reasons. Yes. I tend to be impatient, not wanting the conflict and confrontation to continue. So (laughs) I want it to be over as quickly as possible. But that usually means that I just shut down and don't engage in the conversation. Yeah. And I usually, uh, in this situation, I want to regain control. I don't like losing control. Like I said, I kind of grew up in a little bit of craziness. And so I try to control the crazy, right? And so I can control my world, or at least I feel like I can. And so I swing that pendulum and I just want to get everything out there so we can get back on the same page. And in doing so, I I just kind of rush her. I'm so impatient. Like, come on, come on, just share what's on. What what are you thinking? Just tell me. And that's not really conducive to a very safe place. Right. So how do we create safe places? I think first it's important to recognize what is causing you to be impatient in the first place. Like Ray mentioned, for him, it's control. I think for me, it often stems from fear, but worry, anxiety, those can play into it too. And it's it's nearly impossible to defeat what you can't define. So it's mm. really important to drill down and figure out why you're feeling the way you're feeling. Yeah. And then another thing you need to do is work to build that trust. When we're talking about a safe place, you might be in a really unhealthy space right now. So it's going to take time to build upon that. And that's going to require all of you destination people out there like Mm -hmm. me to appreciate the journey. Come on now, (laughs) not just the destination. So you want to build upon the right foundation, but then you want to take time to build a solid structure that's gonna be able to stand over the test of time, not just get you through the problem. And this is the thing that a lot of people, they go to a counselor, they talk to somebody, they get through the problem that is in the immediate, but they don't deal with the root issue. And so there's problems that 
kind of resurface. That's so good. And you've got to have patience. And believe it or not, patience is something that you can practice. It might sound funny, but it's something that we can practice. We can work yes. on something that we know is going to take us some time and give it some time to complete, like a giant, complicated jigsaw puzzle, <laughs> which we love those, don't we? Uh, but I just want to get them done. <laughs> right. Or reading a really long book. Like it's going to take you time to get through it. But I would enjoy the book along the way. <laughs> yeah, that's the difference between, I just want to, like, I had a goal to read 50 books in a right. year, and she just wants to enjoy the book she's currently reading. Yes. You kind of see what we're talking about. But it is really true. You know, we have to remember we can't control everything. Like, I have this thing that I do when I drive because I kind of, like, lose my mind sometimes. <laughs> I become just another person. And uh, when I'm out there, because I feel like, Hey, if I've prepared and planned and I know where I'm going and I know what time I should be there, I don't want that to be messed up by anyone out there. And if traffic's bad, I just kind of lose control. So I'll just say, God, I know I want control right now, but I choose to release control because I don't have that. And me yelling at traffic, as much as I think that's going to help, it's not going to change anything. So we have to recognize that create safe places, create healthy habits to help you create those safe places as well. Yeah, that's really good. The second pitfall is playing the blame game. And I know we can all be guilty of that at times, but it's really hard to move forward when you're focused on who's at fault and blaming each other. Mm. It puts your spouse on the defensive. And when we use phrases like you always, or you never, or you just make me feel so fill in the blank. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that right now. But yeah. No, but it automatically puts the other person on the defensive and it really shuts down the conversation before it can even begin. Yeah, because all we're really doing is making accusations. We're not yeah. trying to solve the issue or move forward together. We're just trying to prove that we're right and they're wrong, right? Yeah. And like I fall into this trap a lot. I want to prove that I'm right and you know, you're wrong. If I have to prove that you're wrong along the way, then that's so be it. And so when we say things like that, it might seem obvious like, hey, don't blame each other. Like that's super right? obvious, mm -hmm. but we keep doing it. So why <laughs> do we keep doing it? And honestly, as we talk to couples, this is not just like one couple. This is kind of an epidemic that we all fall into. Yeah. And so one thing that we, you might need to hear this today, but we talk about this a lot with couples is that you are on the same team, right? You and your spouse, you're on the same team working together. And if you're playing a game of basketball, you're not going to steal the ball from your teammate. You want to set up for a great shot, right? You yes, want them exactly. to succeed. You're both trying to win the game. So communication is definitely better when you can steer away from trying to figure out who's at fault and really uh, have a spirit of cooperation rather than competition. Yeah, communication is infinitely better when you do what Carol just said, stay away from that competition. And so just remember that as we're talking about these different communication pitfalls, which leads us into that next one. It's keeping a record of one another's wrongs. We see people do this mm. all the time. They just bring up the past. And it may be impossible, listen, for you to erase some of the wrongs from your memory, but it is possible to not bring them up at every turn. Like that right. is, you do have control over that. We're not asking you either to minimize your hurt, but we are challenging you to move past that hurt if you wanna move forward in your relationship. And so that might mean seeing somebody, talking to somebody so you can get through it, get past that moment. Yeah. If you really wanna have a healthy and full relationship, the one that God wants you to have. Yeah, First Peter 4a gives us this 
beautiful picture of the power of love to do just that. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And we know that in 1 Corinthians, one of the definitions of love says that love keeps no record of wrong. Mm. So we're not trying to list all the things that our spouse has done wrong. We want to let love cover that. All of us have moments in our past that we're not proud of, that we wish we could go back and rewrite, but the Bible doesn't highlight our failures. It doesn't It doesn't do that. And we shouldn't do that to each other either. It says that um, it seeks to cover our failures and our mistakes in the, in the power of Jesus and the forgiveness that he allows us to extend to each other and that he extends to us. Yeah. And again, it's not saying that those things, in fact, if you read the Bible, it's full of people's flaws, Right. but the focus always points towards forgiveness. Yeah, it always grace. points towards grace, towards hope. And so that is so important. As an aside, when we constantly point out our sport, <laughs> spouse's past mistakes, not only do we shut down the conversation and we can't have any flow of communication, but we also miss the opportunity for self-evaluation. Mm-hmm. And this is really important. In fact, in Psalms, uh, Psalm 139, David talks about this idea of, God, search my heart, search me and and know me. Is there anything in me, any sinful, offensive, wicked way inside of me? And if we want our marriages to be at their best and become better communicators, we have to start with letting God show us where we can improve Mm -hmm. first. And so maybe you're thinking, man, my spouse needs to listen to this episode. (laughs) That might be a sign you need to re-listen to it because there's probably some things in it that you need to hear before you start telling everybody else what they need to hear. That's really good. The next pitfall we're going to talk about is assuming that your spouse can read your mind. (laughs) Honestly, it's probably a good thing we can't read each other's minds. I mean, I think that maybe there would be fewer marriages that make it if we could. (laughs) (laughs) That's absolutely true. (laughs) Yeah. From what we see in couples, it seems like they struggle to even know what they want themselves. So why would we assume that our spouse can figure that out if we have no idea? Yeah. If we want our spouse to know our needs, then here's what we do. If we want to have healthy, happy relationship, we communicate them, right? Yeah. Otherwise, if we aren't doing that, what happens is you assume Mm. right? Like if if I just don't know what she's thinking, I'm just going to have to assume, or I might even presume something. I become presumptuous and that can lead to some pretty bad things. We see, we become passive aggressive people. <laughs> it's kind of like the equivalent, if I may, on the passive aggressive front. Uh, it's the equivalent of throwing a fit until your spouse pays enough attention to you. And then you make them guess what the problem is <laughs> instead of using your words. I never do that. No, Ray, use your words. Use your words. I'm actually not very passive aggressive. No, but I can tend to be. And honestly, um, you know, we're having fun with this, but it is a real thing. And we have to learn to communicate in a healthy way and really express our expectations because that's going to lead to fewer unmet expectations, which really is the root of a lot of our issues in marriage because we can't change what we don't know. Right. Yes. Yeah. And by the way, when I say I'm not passive aggressive, I'm just aggressive aggressive. Right. So I have have (laughs) problems too. But uh, one last thing, you may have to communicate expectations more than once. Please hear that. Just because you told him, just because you told her that one time and Mm -hmm. they're not doing what you told them to do or they are doing what you told them to stop doing doesn't mean that they hate you. It doesn't mean that they don't care about you. (laughs) But we tend to revert back to what we know and new habits take time to form. So be patient, show grace, communicate Mm -hmm. clearly. 
Isn't it true that God has to tell us things over and over and over and over again, and yet we still struggle? Right. And we don't remember everything that our spouse says to us. Yes. So we shouldn't have that expectation of them either. Absolutely. <laughs> well, this last pitfall that we're going to talk about is stubbornness. Yeah. And it's one that really blows <sighs> up a lot of marriages. I will tell you just right up front, confession mm-hmm. time, all right? Uh I struggle with being stubborn. Now, Carol's yeah. actually stubborn just in a very different way, right. um, but I can be really stubborn. And I just want you to know there's a fine line between stubbornness and stick to mm. I don't know if that's a word, but we're going to just make it one right now. But stubbornness may be the most overlooked, destructive character trait that I think we actually see continuously in marriages. Yeah. And in the Bible, we see this in the life of a king named Saul. He lost his entire kingdom in large part because of his stubbornness and his refusal to listen to God. And there's one verse that even compares it to evil and idolatry, just the act of stubbornness. And because stubbornness is really saying, no, I know better than you, or even I know better than you, God. I'm It puts you in a posture where you can't hear from God or from anyone else in your life because you think that you know better. Yeah, that's so, so true and really powerful if you think about it, what stubbornness can do. And healthy and good communication Mm -hmm. requires us to take on a different posture, not of stubbornness, but of humility. And humility allows you to hear, it allows you to listen, it allows you to learn. If you Mm -hmm. go back to what we said in James 1, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Notice that he starts by talking about listening Mm -hmm. first, because when we start by listening, here's what we do. We avoid dangerous assumptions and we can further clarify any presumptions that we may have. Yeah, and I think it's also important to, just as a reminder, that if your spouse has assumptions about what you're thinking or what you're trying to communicate and they're incorrect, you have to speak up and Mm. clarify. That's hard for me sometimes because to avoid the confrontation or to avoid the argument, I will sometimes just say nothing. But it's really important because he's going to assume that what he believes is correct and it might not be the case. Especially if I say it and she doesn't correct me, I, yeah. then I really am going to think that that's true. Right. But humility assumes, listen to this, that there's something to learn. Yeah. Here's what stubbornness assumes, that the, there's something the other person needs to learn. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I need to just explain to them a little bit more and then they'll get and understand. No, humility comes in with a different posture, different demeanor. And you can see the difference in the dynamics of the relationship when somebody comes in with humility rather than stubbornness, because stubbornness is about me. Humility is about we. I care about you and I care about us. Yeah. And we're moving in the same direction. We both want to get to a solution. Absolutely. So we have a few tips for you for improving your communication, really practical things that you can use starting today. But first is to schedule a time to talk with your spouse each week. And it doesn't have to be super long, but it does have to be intentional. So find a quiet place free of distractions. And this is really important. You want to hold each other's hand. And look each other in the eye. If you're listening, we are doing that right now. We are doing that. Magic's happening. It's so special. (laughs) No, but seriously, it's just a good way to diffuse tension, to get close to each other, and to really see each other's body language, be able to look in each other's eyes and see the heart of your spouse as you're talking to each other. 
Yeah. And if you've ever noticed like couples that are having problems or maybe mm -hmm. you're at that place in your relationship, what happens is you usually try and create distance between you and yeah. your spouse. You're trying to detach and it becomes easier to even demean the person to bring up their past to, mm -hmm. you know, say things you wouldn't normally say if you were close to them. And so you want to just eliminate that and bring that closeness because remember, you're on the same team. Right. So that first tip is so good. The second part, uh, second tip is practice using I feel statements instead of you make me accusation. So we talked yeah. a little bit about this, but say things like, I feel X when you Y, right? Mm -hmm. And so by doing that, you're still expressing what you feel, the reality of those things, yeah. and but you're also not accusing them of doing it for some sort of malicious with some sort of malicious intent and that's what's going to put people on the defensive so you want to keep the conversation going they need to hear the yeah. reality it is important you express yourself but mm -hmm. do it in a healthy way yeah that's so good and share what you want for your marriage and your family to look like a dream together take time yeah. to sit and talk about what you hope for for your future and what you want that to look like um it's we've talked many times about how important it is to have a vision for your family but just keep that in front of you and know that you're going for the same goals and you're working towards them together as a team i think that's so helpful yeah, when you know where you're going, then you can come up with a plan to be able to get there mm -hmm. instead of trying to constantly work in opposition to each other. Yeah. And then the last tip is, I think, just a real practical one. Uh, if necessary, depending on where your relationship is, depending on you know where the communication level is at, you may need to bring a third party in. That could be a mentor. It might be a pastor of a church you go to. It might be a Christian counselor. Yeah. But somebody who's going to give you some tools for some healthy communication. Like I said, we didn't grow up, or I didn't grow up at least, with the greatest of tools to communicate. And so yeah. I still can be prone to yelling <laughs> and being you know, really loud and going into some of these pitfalls. And so you wanna make sure that you have somebody who can help you to move forward in your relationship. So good. So for your action step today, we want you to schedule a time now to talk with your spouse and put it put into practice the tips that we just mentioned. Um, if you need to call them, do it. Get it on the calendar today so that you don't go any longer. And you know what? Your spouse might be resistant at first. Um, there's been times that either one of us have been resistant to, <laughs> to those types of ideas, but it's really it really is important and be patient and allow the process to work and take time to allow your spouse to come around to the idea. Yeah. And, and maybe you even do something after that's a little bit more celebratory. I'm not yeah. saying you have to go have sex or anything, but you <laughs> could do that. Or you can just go out and literally I'm just having fun with it. Yeah, right? Don't no one write in or anything. But um, but literally you want it you want it to be something that is really important. And so schedule it, put it on your calendar. So yes. it doesn't get like eaten up again. We talked about this, doesn't get eaten up by something else that's really, really important. But we want you to know we're praying that God would help you in this communication process. Yeah. And so we do know that there is hope out there. There is yes. healing that is, is possible through Jesus and through the help of some other people who love you and are going to pour into your life. And we're believing God for that. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. If you're out there, would you do us a huge favor? Just leave us a rating and a review. Let us know what this has maybe meant to you and how it's helping. Maybe other suggestions out there about topics that we could be going into in future episodes. But we want to say thank you for joining us again. We'll see you next time.